Um, hey, yo. I'm not going to make it to the recording. I'm like in a strange room right now. And I hear right this one in the background. I do a bed. I'm like, the rope work is really shitty. There's like a weird. Wow, that dude is annoying as fuck. I'll update you later. Hello, this is Drew the Intern from the In The Loop podcast. You know, the uh, podcast that has been running for 14 years now through a couple of different hosts. But uh, either way, uh, I have a complaint. Well, I have several complaints. Uh, one, uh, your, your title, your favorite coaster sucks. Like, you don't know that... You don't realize that uh, people have been saying that to me for years. My favorite roller coaster is Magnum. And holy shit, it's like I haven't heard that one before. Oh, my God, that ride sucks. Your favorite coaster sucks. How do you like that? Except for one problem here. You all are complimenting that ride. So your your show title is incorrect. If my favorite coaster sucks, why are you guys saying it's in your top five? There's complaint number one. Complaint number two. Oh, my God. We have another theme park podcast. Can't wait for that. The 70 or 80th different theme park podcast going on here, all about roller coasters and theme parks and Universal and Disney and Cedar Point and why Dollywood has the best cinnamon bread and why Mac roller coasters are overrated and why I like to masturbate to Alan Schilke. Every podcast is the same. Y'all might think you have a different spin on it, but it's really just the same. And also... I don't know what is going on with you guys, but your audio, not very good. I work a long day. I just want to be entertained by roller coaster talk on my drive home. And instead, I have to be like, oh, let me turn the volume up because these assholes don't know how to talk. And then suddenly one of you screams into the goddamn microphone. What is going on? But those are just some of my many complaints. I can't wait to complain further about how terrible your show is in January when you guys invite me on as a guest host. But... For now, I'm going to hang up the phone because uh, this is exhausting, and I've already spent too much brain power even thinking about you guys, so uh, fuck off. Welcome to the worst roller coaster podcast on the internet. Now, let's join Ben and Zach as they tell you why your favorite coaster sucks. Hey, I'm Zach, and roller coasters are my methadone. And I'm Chris, and I'm a non-recovering coaster addict, and apparently my favorite coaster sucks. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes, we are joined by Chris, the one and only from Airtime Thrills. Uh, of course, you've seen him on YouTube and probably on Insta. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. Uh, it's my pleasure. I am a big fan of your guys' podcast. Awesome. 
awesome. Thank you. Even though you're flying solo um, tonight. Yeah, unfortunately, Ben's he, uh, not here. Um, so, yeah, just me and Chris. But, hey, everybody that's listening to this is probably listening more for you than me anyway. So, hey. I, would, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think anyone knows who I am. Well, uh, I know you, you got a couple of things going on. You want to you wanna give a quick plug for sure. your stuff? Sure, yeah. So I'll, I'll plug my stuff first. Um, so I'm on YouTube and Instagram, obviously, is Airtime Thrills. I also have a Teespring store that you'll find underneath my videos on YouTube. I got some Airtime Thrills merch, and then I just released my brand new Don't Staple Me Bro shirts. So I'm hoping to move some of those. And can I plug some other people, too, just for fun? Absolutely. Okay, so um, El Toro Ryan, uh, the funniest guy on YouTube as far as I'm concerned, and his crew of coaster idiots. Um, just another, a few other YouTubers that are pretty awesome, just that always push consistent good content. Coaster Daddy, Extreme Thrills, and The Chain Lift. And a couple of new guys that have come on the scene that I want to shout out just because, like, sometimes you can tell if, like, someone's got the juice and these guys have it and they're going to be big. Um, that's Theme Park Media and OK Coasters. Those guys have something going on, and I think everyone should go check their stuff out. Definitely, definitely, and that's a great list. Uh, we're big supporters of all those channels. Of course, Elto Orion is a friend of the show, and we're hoping to bring on a couple other those channels that you mentioned before because we're, we're glad to tell anyone your favorite coaster sucks. <laughs> Yeah, all. I mean, but yeah, we're all friends here. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to, to watch as many channels as I can. And some people are, you know, some are better than others. I'll say I'll just say that. But I think those guys, whenever <laughs> they post, it's like, you got to check it out. Because they usually bring something interesting to the table. So that's my theory. Well, A, plus 50 for diplomacy on that one. <laughs> and um, B, I agree. I'm not here there's, to make any There's enemies. several good... Yeah, no, uh, we're not quite in that business ourselves so they're over here, but there are several good channels and content creators here in this little world of roller coasters that are quite awesome. Yeah, once in a while, I'll have so an unpopular opinion, but uh, yeah, I still try to keep it diplomatic. I won't, I'll never flame anyone for their opinion because that's just stupid. That's like teenager stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, a little bit like uh, somebody else we might talk a little bit about later. Huh, yeah, definitely. And uh, a few other things that have come up recently that uh, I want to get off my chest. So, yeah, we can talk about that later. All right, fantastic. We got him and he's heated. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm all fired so, up after this weekend. This weekend was uh, interesting, so, yeah. Oh, snap. All right, well, I can't wait to hear about it. We uh, customarily start off with a, with a cheers and a drink. So what are you what are you drinking on tonight, Chris? So uh, I know that these podcasts can run pretty long. I'm actually drinking iced coffee right now. And uh, I also got some backup water over here because I know I probably won't be able to get up for a while. So I'm hoping that uh, the whole <laughs> liquid versus having to pee thing kind of works out in my favor. So that's what we're doing. Starting with well, the on the coffee. plus side, on the plus side, we're not live. <laughs> so there's no there's no pressure on that end. <laughs> um. But cheers! I, I'm I'm a big coffee drinker, but in the evening time I tend to to switch Stay over away. to 
Yeah, yeah, the evening beverages. My Case problem is that I, I drink I drink coffee at like eight eight o'clock at night, and then like I'm wired until like one, working on all my YouTube stuff, and then I crash, and then you know repeat the next day. That's that's how I tend to do it. That's like most of my weekends. Yeah, and your body just quits sometimes. Yeah, you're, it's it's like I'm done. Yeah, that happens quite often actually. Yeah, I try drinking? to keep. I keep my caffeine to the mornings. Right now I've got um, a Pabst Blue Ribbon. It's like an extra. So it's got, it's stronger than a normal PBR. Okay. So just like extra white trash out of me tonight. I think by the time we're done here, you're going to need it. You're going to need the extra buzz. Dang, he's really fired up over here. Okay. This is my first time here. And, and, and after, I don't know, depending how it goes, it might be my only time here. So I got to make it count. <laughs> you get every plug in, every joke. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we get into the news, I want to say we got a voicemail line now. It is for real. Call us up. Leave us a message at 312 it doesn't spell anything I checked, so there's no funny way to remember it. But give us a call, and we'll play your message on the show. And I also, real quick, want to send a congratulations to our friend of the show, Kenny, from In The Loop, uh, for the new addition to his family. Yay, congrats, Kenny. Congrats, Kenny. Is it a baby or a dog? A uh, baby. Okay. His wife gave birth and... Yeah, uh, very strange. So he came on the show, but Zencaster was very uncool to me that day and didn't let me download my audio. So it was a useless episode. And his wife was like almost going to go into labor. So he was like really dedicated to coming on. <laughs> but it was a completely... Well, he got lucky, I guess. Yeah, it was an unusable episode because my audio just wouldn't come through. And uh, that's podcasting sometimes. I mean, shoot, you put out content. You know how it is. Sometimes it no. just doesn't go as planned. No, nah, it always works out great for me. Ooh. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, you should you should see my my the rough draft of my of my audio. Usually I have like twenty five minutes for a ten minute video because I F up so much. So yeah, I, I have a problem with that. But so I know how it goes, yeah. So uh hopefully I don't do that here. No, you're good. I uh, I run a tight ship on the editing end as best I can. <laughs> okay. I'll try to make your job easy. <laughs> so um, we typically just switch off. There's only a couple news stories. Uh, you want to take the first one? We typically just read the headline and then just kind of talk about yeah, it a little bit. So Six Flags Discovery Kingdom is the first park on the West Coast to be solar powered. And that's interesting. I hope that it works out for them. I know that when I was there over the summer, uh, they were completely putting, they put, they completely shut down their main parking lot to put the solar panels in, and so they were having people park over at the uh, the fairgrounds, which was actually closer to the park than their parking lot. I don't know if you've ever been there, Zach, but uh, that that parking lot is ridiculously far from the park, so kind of makes Magic Mountain look close. Oh man, yeah, and then that's the parking lot they're actually retrofitting with all the solar panels on the roofs of the covered parking. So we go over there 
we're uh, first first day we get shoved off into the fairgrounds. The second day we go there, we actually got for preferred parking. So we're trying to get in, uh, and the whole preferred parking lot is shut off because of the solar panel construction. And the employees don't have a damn clue what they're doing. And they keep having us go in circles until we get fed up and just park in the fairgrounds. So Discovery Kingdom, not one of the best run Six Flags parks, but hey, good for them for the solar power. That's uh, that's interesting. So, uh, and hopefully it'll save money and they can build some more coasters. Oof, have a Six Flags day, huh? Yeah, actually, you know what? Actually, I, had a, I have a vlog coming out on Discovery Kingdom and actually started off as kind of a joke, like this is going to be bad, but... Actually, ended up being pretty good, so I can't really complain too much about Discovery Kingdom. But that was a pretty interesting episode, uh, going in circles around the parking lot. You'd think that the employees in the parking lot would have an idea what's going on in their parking lot, but that wasn't really the case. So that was my Labor Day. <laughs> Dang, I'm just picturing like they're running on solar power. So uh, V2 never opening again, yeah, and Superman based on the way limited. that thing runs. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Based on the power that V2 has, I don't think it needs that much power. It doesn't go very fast. But yeah, um, it'd be, yeah, I mean, the amount of power it takes to actually launch a ride on solar power, I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm like, Superman might be limited and V2 done, never opening again. Well, you know, the good news is that they're uh, shuttle coasters. So if it doesn't launch all the way, it'll just end up back in the station. So there you go. Yeah, or it'll just get stuck at the end of the launch track, and then just like it's Six Flags, they're like, "Eh, screw it, we're done." Yeah, just close it for the. Yeah, I mean, if it's V two, you just close it for the rest of the year, and no one's even going to care. Those things, oh, it's normal, you know, that ride never opens anyway. Until eventually, the queue becomes a haunted house, and (laughs) yeah, there you go. Then it's a piece of park history. That's good. (laughs) So Discovery Kingdom. Being solar powered, I don't know if that means entirely solar powered. It kind of kind of sounds like it will be. Um, I mean, they were they had a lot of solar panels out in that parking lot, but I mean, the amount of power it takes to run a park. I don't know if they have a rapids ride. I heard that rapids rides take the most power out of any rides. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I think water rides true. do because they have to generate such a strong current. Pump all that water. Yeah, because I, I I mean I've lived next to Magic Mountain my whole life. They were always saying that Superman had like grew so much power, but Roaring Rapids was even more. So I don't know what I discovered kingdom with all they have there, but uh, it's just hard to imagine that be the case. I got to imagine that with the water rides, it's a constant go of power. So it adds up to the total amount being more, but with the launch coasters, it's like one draw very suddenly that like maxes it out, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like blowing a breaker or something. Yeah, so that, I mean, you know, I'm not an engineer, but what you said makes a lot of sense. I could be totally wrong. I'm just a guy that likes roller coasters, but I also like drink beer and stuff. So that's a good combination. The, the brain you should try that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always had fun doing it to a point, uh, not more than, you know, 16, but. <laughs> yeah, 16. Yeah, you know what? I'm not a beer drinker. Um, And actually, if I eat anything at a theme park, I actually kind of feel sick. So um, anyone that like Ryan and his crew who get hydrated over in the parking lot halfway through, you you guys have way stronger stomachs than I do. I'm just saying. 
kudos to you guys. That's uh, that's kind of the your favorite coaster sucks code of conduct, but you know, <laughs> it's a different story. <laughs> yeah, we're you know we're we're uh, adjacent to the coaster idiots crew. Uh, like I kind of joked with Ryan, they're coaster idiots. We're kind of more like coaster assholes. It's closely related, but uh... yeah, you know, I definitely can see that based on the title of your podcast. <laughs> You're trying to start a fight. I'm not one to start. I'm not. I'm not one to get in a fight. But uh, yeah, I, I'll still share my opinion. So. But so far, you you seem pretty nice, so uh, I'll give you that. All right. Well, okay. Well, the night is young. You know, there's plenty of time to. <laughs> <laughs> We're 13 minutes in. I don't know if you're going to edit any of this out, but uh, my clock says 13 minutes, so we got a, a ways to go here. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, I don't know what park this is, but the Silver Beach Carousel is bringing in live reindeer. I don't know what this park is, but I thought that was interesting enough to feature here. Yeah, to me, all I think about is the feces. Ooh. There's going to be reindeer crap everywhere. Yeah, that's a good Someone's going to have to pick that up. Someone's going to have to pick that up. It's not going to be me. Oh, man. The, sure. the, sh- the shift on the carousel just got way worse for all those kids. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, can you imagine them uh, walking around in circles and uh, defecating on the ground and stepping in it? Yeah, like, sorry, Jason, you know, cleanup duty is part of the carriage cell here. When we're closed for the night, you got to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is at uh, St. Joseph. That doesn't tell me anything. I don't know where this is. If it's nearby, I should probably check this out, but it doesn't sound like it. Well, again, consider, as to your point, consider the reindeer poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that's literally the first thing I saw that when I saw the rundown. I was like, yep, yeah, feces, I, it's, it's inevitable. Now, this really brings into question, since we're talking the reality of reindeer here, Santa's sleigh. I mean, if they're flying... They're just like any other animal that's just going to, like, poop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they don't really have any discretion about where they do it. If I've seen – if they're anything like regular horses, they just go. So um, that's one thing to tell your kids on Christmas Eve. Just be like, you know, everyone poops like the book says, so you might want to take cover or uh, be on the lookout. I mean, I'm sure Santa's dropping presents, but so is or his reindeer. So That's what I'm thinking. Like, if he's flying that fast, right – is like reindeer poo just like flinging up into his face, like hitting the sleigh and like. Uh, I imagine it is. Yeah, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be. Wow, Santa's job just got way, excuse the pun, <laughs> but shittier. <laughs> that might be the first time anyone's ever considered that idea, but I think we need to make that a thing. We are breaking ground here on your favorite coaster sucks. Holiday traditions, we're bringing them into question. This is this is something that you'd find on Family Guy. Like when Peter realized that cat dog, uh, what if they ever want to see other people? What happens when one of them goes to the bathroom? I think uh, we had a Peter Griffin realization here. Oh, boy. And we're still only 16 minutes in, so we're doing well. <laughs> So live rain, yeah, live reindeer in a carousel. Um, sure, why not? 
it, it made the news. I think that's what their goal was. So I still don't know where Silver Beach is, but it made the news. Yeah, I had no idea what this park was, but I saw it in my typical news gathering, and I was like, yeah, you know what? And and you know what? It proved to be true. We got some good juice out of that story. So yeah, yeah. Uh, this is an interesting, interesting choice of words when we're talking about feces, but yes, <laughs> we got some good juice out of that story. Boom. And comes right. in with the wordplay. All right. Next one's on all you. Right. Moving on. Universal Studios Orlando has won a lawsuit against the man who claims that they stole his idea for a toothsome chocolate restaurant. Um, so that's good for Universal Studios Orlando. I'm guessing that they had a better lawyer than the Winklevoss twins against Facebook because they actually won their lawsuit. So, um, yeah. So this guy, I guess was, uh, going up against universal studios. That's pretty brave. for stealing an idea about a chocolate restaurant. It doesn't seem all that original to me, but right. That's what I was thinking. He said he pitched it to them and everything. And I'm sure he probably had documentation, but you're going up against like Comcast NBC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wonder who his lawyer was. Obviously, uh, not too good. I'm, I'm thinking like one of those uh, ambulance chasers, like uh, Better Call Saul, one of those guys. Yeah. Works on contingency. Totally. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> it's somebody in a I'm, TV still, commercial, I'm, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still curious about uh, what was so special about this idea. Theme Park stole his chocolate factory idea. Like, okay, well, you stole that idea from Willy Wonka, so uh, so what, is he going to sue you now, too? Yeah, I don't know. this could be the equivalent of, like, two kids sitting around, like, getting high in a car and being like, dude, wouldn't it be crazy if Universal Studios had a chocolate restaurant? <laughs> well, and then, you, like, you never you know, know. Maybe, maybe that, that was the story. Uh, it sounds... I mean, what, how else would you come to that conclusion? I mean, because then in your car with your buddies, you're already high. You're like, hey, this guy says if someone stole your idea, that he'll sue him. <laughs> I, I I clicked on the link. I'm not I'm not getting anywhere uh, with the link. I want to see how much he was trying to get. What he was trying to get for it? Yeah, it doesn't. The link the link you sent me was no good. So oh, uh, thanks for that. Well, but dang. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I wonder if if he was asking for like twenty million dollars for his uh, stupid chocolate idea. It's like, ooh, chocolate factory. You're so uh, that deserves a lot. What an original idea! <laughs> I'm just trying to just trying to get money out of these uh, cash cows. Universal Studios got deep pockets, so he tried, I guess, but ultimately. Failed, which is probably a good thing. The, the, the thing that pisses me off sometimes is when these uh, people settle because they don't don't want to deal with a lawsuit. So these uh, a holes that just try to you know job our system end up getting millions of dollars just so they'll go away because they don't want to have the whole thing uh, be a public spectacle or end up in court. So yeah, I don't know the story too much, but yeah, I guess it's kind of good that some of these wackos don't uh, end up getting anything. Yeah, like um, a couple weeks ago, we were talking on the show about that idiot who sued Silver Dollar City. 
and then they ended what up counter suing him. <laughs> he yeah that he, that that needs to happen more often, especially for this these BS lawsuits. Did you hear about that one? Uh no. It was like this dude who ran like a dark ride or haunt out of his garage, and it was called Mystic Something. Oh, you know, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. So he was, sued Silver Dollar City, and then they yeah, sued it was him like back. Mystic River Falls, and yeah, because he because his was named Mystic Something. Also, it's like, oh my god, you want you want a rundown of everything called Mystic out there? Mystic Timbers, Mystic River. I mean, that that's kind of up there with the chocolate factory. It's like, oh wow, you have an idea for a chocolate store. You are brilliant. Yeah, wow. Uh, they stole it. Sure. <laughs> Now, if you if what you said is true, where they actually uh, pitched the idea to them and then they said nah, and then they did it anyway, then maybe you got, you have a uh, maybe they have a case there. Well, but. I think that's what it was because the link wasn't bunk when I copy pasted it, but I get the amusement today emails, so it might have gone uh-huh. bunk from between now and then. You know, we round up. But again, I, I did open it up in week. IE, so I we know know that IE is awful. So let me try Chrome. No, same thing. Okay. Sorry about sorry to IE for uh, disparaging it, but yeah. Well, um, sorry. We round up the news of last week. So, <laughs> you know, oh, okay. it's not the most current stuff that we're covering. It's always last week. Well, none of these news, news stories I heard about, so I am out of the loop. So, this is news to me. Oh, it's a slow news week. That's why we only have a couple stories and there's not much going on. Uh, there was big Disney yeah, news, but we'll get to that in the Disney Minute. Oh, yeah. Okay, definitely. <laughs> so, oh, here we go. This has got to be a record for our show. You know, we're a new show, but I'm almost certain that every episode we've had, every week we've been on, we have had a story about the American Dream Mall. Oh, the American Dream Mall. Which is now beginning yeah. to sell tickets for its apparently soon-to-be-open aquarium. Yeah, American Dream. Oh, my God. They, it took them 17 years to open this thing. And then they, they rush. I mean, after 17 years, they rush that opening. And I don't know if you saw my video on this. I was there during media day uh, on the 25th of October. And, um, man, they didn't have anything open. But... And it was just very strange the way they did that whole opening weekend. And I flew all the way out to New Jersey for it. And it was just very interesting how they handled that in terms of uh, tickets selling out that weren't actually for sale. And that first day just being for invite only. And then the weekend actually was for paid guests, but they actually ended up giving them all free tickets because like more than half the park was closed. And then I heard that they actually delayed their water park too. That was supposed to open two weeks ago. I don't know. That's, I don't even know if that's open. So now they have the aquarium and they say it's soon to be open. It's like, oh, all right. So if you go there, will there actually be any fish in there? Yeah. I guess you'll go in there and just see a big empty tank. He's like, whoop, fish are coming later. Huh? We'll refund your tickets if you want. They have this like ski hill there. And then they said it was delayed, but then it opened all of a sudden, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, I I have I mean I know later on we're going to talk about uh, opening day stories and stuff like that, and it's cool to go think to things on opening day, but 
it's kind of not at the same time because it never hardly ever works out the way you think it's going to. And uh, it's just funny how they're they the first they had the amusement park, then they had the water park get delayed, and now they're like, hey, come out to the aquarium. It's like fool me once, fool me twice. Uh, is anyone actually buying this? Like they're actually buying these tickets for the aquarium, uh, thinking that's going to be all ready to go on opening day. The aquarium is just a a cat toy floating in a bowl of water. <laughs> and they'd probably charge 80 bucks on a Saturday for it too. They're like, come on. I mean, given, yeah, I mean, I thought that 50 bucks was bad for what they gave me on that opening weekend. And then I checked back and they're like 80 bucks for, for Saturday. I'm like, Oh wow. That's uh that's brutal. I think, Two of those coasters at least still haven't opened. Uh, I think we're down to one. I think the half pipe just opened. So we're down to Sandy's Blast and Bronco. That's the last one. They're testing it, but it's not open yet. When I went there, they just had Shellraiser and Slime Streak. They did not have the Shredder open. They did not have the half pipe. And then, but those were testing when I was there. And then Blast and Bronco, they didn't have the trains on site from what I could see. So I, I, I went in thinking I was going to get maybe four, maybe five credits. I, I got two. So that was uh, that was my opening day experience at American Dream. You know what? Since you bring it up, though, I just thought, shit, getting three coasters up now in just that few amount of months, they're still beating West Coast racers. Oh, don't get me started about West Coast racers. That thing, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other uh, topic. <laughs> Of just what are you doing? Like oh, so many excuses, and yet so many things that aren't explained with West Coast racers. Um, this isn't the first time this has happened. I mean, we've seen coasters get delayed. I mean, American Dream was delayed months. This was to open in the spring. It ends up opening in the fall. Um, but we've seen like like Mister Freeze rides Superman at Magic Mountain open actually a whole year later. Um, but then we got West Coast Racers that is, I mean, there was a whole joke about it opening 2020. I mean, they're going to be cutting it close. It might open the last week of the year. They're doing su- successful test runs now, but I mean, they hit a snag. It's not opening this year, but so far so good, I guess. It looks Actually, good to me. I saw it testing this weekend. Since you're saying that, I'm going to be probably going to magic mountain on the 27th. Okay. Of December. Yes. What's the over under on me getting on West coast racers? Well, based on some of the rumors that I'm hearing, uh, there's a decent chance that it might be open then. Um, some people have been pitching around the 24th, which is funny because that's actually the day that X opened back in 2001 on Christmas Eve. So it'd be kind of funny if they ended up opening another coaster on Christmas Eve. Um, but I mean, I mean, that's cutting it a little close. I guess the good news is that I don't have that much expectations for West Coast Racers. Uh, it, it doesn't look all that great of a ride to me. And I don't know, have you been to Magic Mountain before? Yeah, a couple times. Okay. So I guess maybe it is a bigger deal. I'm just saying like, it's not like Steel Vengeance or anything that's like, oh, the greatest ride ever built not going to be open when you come here. It's like, nah, Magic Mountain's got so many rides that are probably going to be better than West Coast Racers. But if you already have ridden them, then yeah, it 
it might be a little rough to come out here and not be able to write it. It's been almost 11 years, so, you know, there's a oh, couple new things years? for me. Wow. Yeah, okay. So you, you, the last time you were there, I was working there. That was a while ago. Really? Okay, so this would have been, my last visit there would have been during West Coast Bash 2009. Okay. So that was around the time that Apocalypse was brand new. Back when it was Terminator. It wasn't open yet, unfortunately. No. West Coast Bash, isn't that isn't that the Alby thing? Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm always interested to hear the uh, the Rob Alby stories because I got I got some opinions on him. We'll get to that later, though. So it is what it is. Yeah, I, I'm not too familiar with uh, too many events. Like, I honestly, I don't even belong to any coaster groups. I, I joined Ace like a week ago just so I can get to, into Hollywood nights next year. But I've always kind of tried to avoid uh, the coaster groups just because, I don't know. Um, m- most of the events uh, don't really apply to someone on the West Coast. Most all of the fun stuff is in the Midwest or in the East Coast. Um, and I don't know, a lot of people that join these things are kind of weird, honestly. So, Well, as a longtime former ACE member and former assistant regional director or whatever the hell the title was. Um, They do have park sponsored events or like, you know, region sponsored events everywhere. So those can be cool. Yeah. But. And you get discounts when you go around places, but a lot of the cool events that you you hear about, like at Dollywood or at Carowinds or at Great Adventure, it's like, I need to get on a plane to go out there. I just can't drive out there for the weekend, you know? So. That's one of the main reasons also that I just figured, eh, it's not worth it. But for 35 bucks a year, just, just do it. I'll make the exception for Hollywood nights. I'll actually, I'll actually, you know, drive out or fly out there for that because it's like the Mecca for coaster enthusiasts to meet up. Yeah. I think Ben and I are planning on being there to represent your favorite coaster sucks. Yeah. That's a good idea. I mean, it seems like every year it gets bigger. People who go don't be like, oh, I went, that's done. It's like, no, they're, they go every year pretty much. I was at the first one way back in 06, but I haven't been back since then. Wow. It's surprising they did that. They've been doing that for that long. Yeah, it was like the year that, that uh, Voyage opened. Yeah. Man, they that's were like, crazy. all right, we got it. We're going to launch this event. Yeah, writing Voyage brand new, that, that's kind of like, if I had a time machine. That'd be great. Oh, man, it was fantastic. My first time at Holiday World was in 2002. And I did not, like, obviously, we decided to do the two coasters there. But, yeah, I kind of dropped out of the coaster scene for, like, 10 years. And by the time I got back to Holiday World, Voyage was already 10 years, 10 years old, back in 2016. Man, you and me both. I just dropped out in 09 and got back this year. Yeah, it's, it's weird how that You dropped out happens. and came back in. Before I dropped May. out in 2004, I want to say. Uh, and I didn't come back to like 2015. I want to, I, like 2015 is when I kind of started paying attention again. And like when you're out, you're out. Like you don't even, you don't know anything that happens. I had no idea about I-305 or Fury. Um, I didn't know what RMC was. Um, like I, I think I saw, I think I was actually uh, on uh, TPR's uh, Facebook page and he was showing 
some POVs of Medusa down in Mexico. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, what's all that, like, that orange track? It's like, it's weird. So that was, I think that was before he banned me. But <laughs> we'll get to that story later. Yeah, no, uh, but I'm with you on that. Yeah, I dropped out for a long time, and now this is kind of my reintroduction. I went to more parks this year than I've been to, you know, since I was originally active in the coaster community. Yeah, so it's, it's good uh, to be back. It is. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's I say it's a lot different, but the only thing that's different is the uh, method of how we communicate. Uh, back in the early 2000s, when I first was doing this, uh, it was all message boards and forums. And now it's all social media, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff. So, but the conversations are pretty much the same. Oh yeah. Ben and I met on the message boards, like you're talking about. Uh Those forums. Yeah. I was a big cat on Thrill Network early on, like Oh three. What what were your forums? Do you remember any of them? Yeah. I, I was on West Coaster. That was like, they were really big on Disney and knots and a little bit of magic mountain. Um, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. And then Danimation. I don't know if you remember Danimation. Uh, that was m- more so of a Roller Coaster Tycoon fan site than anything. Because back then, Roller Coaster Tycoon was like the brand new thing. So um, I, I that was like kind of my main site where I met a lot of coaster enthusiasts. And they'd come out here um, and I'd meet them at Magic Mountain. And then I'd go out to like Cedar Point. I'd meet them there. So that was like really like from like 2000 to 2003. But then once I started working at Magic Mountain, I really didn't feel like doing coasters and theme parks on my free time. So that's kind of what made me get like get out of it. And it wasn't until after I quit Magic Mountain that I started getting back into it. Dang, so how long did you work at Magic Mountain for? <sighs> Eight years. Wow. Uh, were you in rides? No, I was in food. Because when I, when I, well, I, wanted, I wanted to be in rides, but... When I first applied, I was only 15. So they stuck me in um, into food service, which was the only thing that they allowed 15-year-olds to do as a cashier. So I just kind of figured, you know what, I'm just going to stay here and get money for, you know, whatever, while I'm in high school and college. And then once I get a real job, then I'm out of here. That's what I did. So it was a nice little uh, side. Like they were flexible with my schedule. It was a nice like side gig for me just to uh, get, get a little extra money for uh, spending and school and all that stuff. And I be I was like the supervisor, so it was it was kind of nice that I could you know get I wasn't getting paid anything, but at least I was the boss. So that was kind of nice. Dude, yeah, no, I'm with you. I worked four seasons at Great America in rides. Uh, I worked one season in rides and three seasons in shows. Okay. Yeah, I kind of I wanted to do rides, but rides kind of seemed redundant to me. Like you would get so bored just standing there cycling the rides, or at least food service. You were always like on the go, getting like doing different things. When I was in rides, it was like fun as a coaster enthusiast. This was like '06, just to be like working a coaster and trying to get the best throughput put and stuff. You know, that's how, yeah, that's what how I would do it too. I try to like just pump that line out like crazy. At least I say that. I don't know if I was actually there, I probably wouldn't care that much. I'd probably like my spirit would be broken, but uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Whereas sweating in a kitchen over some funnel cakes, man. I don't know, man. 
That's true. Yeah. That's a tough um, sell on this guy. Yeah. It wasn't, I didn't, I didn't love the job. Let's just say that. But yeah, <laughs> I, at least I, I got free mission to imagine mountain. I'd go once in a while, even though you know what really pisses me off is that like, I could have gotten so much good footage of like scream construction, Tatsu construction and like apocalypse construction. Cause I, I worked there like the, that entire time, even green lantern, like green lantern was right behind my building. And I just didn't care enough to actually get pictures. I, I had a great picture of flashback being taken down because uh, I was in Hurricane Harbor and they were just, they were taking it apart and I actually took a cell phone picture, but you know, I, who knows where that is now? You know, it's probably in a drawer somewhere or at the bottom of the river. I don't know where that cell phone is. So if I had it, that'd be great, but I don't. Yeah. Some, that'd be some good throwback Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I know. It pisses me. Yeah, I see like people like America's coaster network. He's got, he, I mean, he started getting pictures of uh, knots in Magic Mountain back in like 2001. So he's got like amazing construction pictures of Accelerator and Silver Bullet and Tatsu and Scream and all this stuff. It's like, man, like that could have been me. Like I was right there. I could have done it, but I didn't. So whatever. Yeah, well, to that end, uh, I had, I'm not going to say the first, but one of the first like theme park roller coaster specific channels on YouTube, but I totally abandoned it oh, in 09 man. when yeah, I dropped out. You could have been oh, Rob yeah. <laughs> well, I might, I might have been almost at the level of airtime thrills. Oh. I don't know. Hey, I'm, I don't know. I was but... making music video style videos <laughs> though. Oh, okay. But still, I mean, Back then, there wasn't that much. I mean, even even four years ago, I was hard pressed to find any content on Facebook. Like, I, I I hated the fact that I was looking at theme park review stuff, but there wasn't much out there. And that was four years ago. I mean, if you look at look at the coaster YouTube channels four years ago, there wasn't that much out there either. It's it's blown up a lot recently. I mean, Coaster Studios started in 2012, so he kind of gotten on the ground floor, but. I mean, we're talking about YouTube started in 2005. That I, mean, I think we're both on the uh, on the older side of the uh, coaster community in our yeah our early 30s. I would say. What are you? 29, 30. I'm 30. Yeah. Okay, I'm 32. So okay, I'm, I, I've got a couple of years on you. So yeah, we're all in the same age range. So that could have been that could have been us. Yeah, I mean, it could be big time. It, and to any of my listeners who feel like having fun, it's M Force Forever on YouTube. Go enjoy. <laughs> How long ago are we talking here? Ten years? Two thousand six. I'm talking oh literally. God. It might have been one of the first. I think <laughs> literally it was one of the first theme park specific. Not that it had like branding or anything, because that wasn't what YouTube was then. You know. Yeah. Right. You could have been Rob Alvey without the stick up your ass. Ah, uh, who knows? Now I'm just a fucking Ben and I are like the the old dudes from the Muppets sitting here doing a podcast <laughs> instead, you know. Yeah, just um, being cynical. But, yeah, I get that. <laughs> exactly. That's. I thing. think irreverent is is maybe more of a applicable term, but you know we'll accept whatever. Yeah, we take reviews and critiques of all kinds. I get that. Yeah. Just don't take, as long as people don't take themselves too seriously. I think 
that's another point I want to make a little later on when we get to that a topic. It's people who take themselves too seriously are just the worst. And uh, I think Alvy definitely lands in that category. <laughs> well, I don't know. You said you listened. I don't know if you caught in the intro. We proudly introduce ourselves as the worst roller coaster podcast on the internet. <laughs> so I only know uh, a few. So uh, it's not it's not a, a very low low seller there, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe you do. Maybe you are. But I'll, I'll check the other ones out and I'll let you know. <laughs> If that's All the right, case, so then I'm not helping. I'm not helping either. I mean, if you're the worst <laughs> one, then I'm I'm part of this. Going down in flames with you. Well, we we wildly tangented, so we can just go on ahead and blow past that last news story. I'm going to get into okay. a fun segment here. We do this one every week. Okay. This is our killer coaster of the week, <whistles> and this week's killer coaster is Montezuma's Revenge at Knott's Berry Farm. So so why is it a killer coaster? Did someone die? Uh, it's actually in the title. Uh, I don't get it. Well, every coaster that ends up on the killer coaster list is there because it's been involved in some way in a death. Okay. Is this a diarrhea joke? No. Okay. I'll save that one for later then. I'm not above it, but... I'm not sure if someone actually died on Monty or if someone actually died because they had Montezuma's Revenge, which I'm sure that's happened. I think both. I'm pretty sure both. Who died on Montezuma's Revenge? I never heard that story. Um. All right. Let's see. Making me look it up on Wiki right now, but... It, it, it's funny that you say that, though, because Montezuma's Revenge was my first major coaster, and I was forced to go on it, and I thought I was going to fall out. So the fact that someone died on there, I guess, is kind of good that I'm hearing that now and not 20 years ago when I first wrote it. Okay, I'm going to have to Google it. So how do you know someone died on it if you didn't... If you don't have I it, made a you know. big list off of Wiki... I'm going to help you out here. Let's see if I can find anything for you. Okay. I found the wiki page. Ah, 2001. Yes, I see that. Okay. Uh, Okay. Looks like a uh, 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 brain hemorrhage. Yep. Says pre-existing condition. So, I mean, like I said, they're all involved. They didn't necessarily kill anybody, but they're all involved. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little unfair to uh, pin that on Monty. Um, but yeah, you know, pull some G's just like, uh, I remember around the same time, this was in 2001, around the same time, someone died on Goliath too, brain aneurysm, probably because of the helix. So yeah, it, it happens. It's gotta be careful about that stuff. A lot of times you don't even know, like you don't even know that you have that condition and then, you know, but you know yeah. roller coasters pull four or five G's. Yeah, I can. I can trigger it. So this was your first major coaster? Yeah. Um, like, I, I think that my first coaster ever was probably the Santa Monica West Coaster, the one that's famous from GTA. Uh, that one, I think I rode that back in, like, the summer or the, the, the fall of 98. And then 
around the same time, uh, maybe the next summer, I went to Knott's and I was kind of like not into coasters and kind of afraid of coasters. And my dad was like, you got to ride something. So he pretty much forced me to go on Monty. And uh, that was my first looping coaster, my first launch coaster, and really my first like adult coaster. So I kind of credit that for breaking a lot of the ice for me to start to try other things. So yeah, it's a good uh, a good coaster to bring up while I'm on here. Definitely, even though it, even though it killed somebody apparently. <laughs> well, uh, it is a great ride. Yeah, it's still, I mean, it, this is the, and it's the last one of its kind in the country. So, I mean, I guess I kind of take it for granted because it's, you know, I've been writing it ever since I, before I even knew what coasters were, but for anyone who's out there who has never been to California, um, yeah, this is, this is a very unique coaster. It's worth coming out for. And hopefully it stays around. Like I have not heard any rumors about it leaving. It doesn't take up any space. So Unless there's like some kind of mechanical issues with it, I gotta imagine they're gonna keep it around. Hopefully so. I mean, all the Schwarzkopf's are all getting older, so replacing parts has got to be a little more difficult. But yeah, but you don't see too many Schwarzkopf's going down, though. I mean, we had uh, the laser at Dorney. I think that got, might got relocated, though. Um, you don't see too many Schwarzkopf's getting uh, getting taken out. It's not like the some of the old arrows or the Vacomas that are discontinued. seems like the short scoffs are a little more durable or maybe easier to get parts for. I don't know. Well, with some of those ones that pull the stronger G's, like, you know, you don't want to mimic Mindbender oh, at the yeah. West Edmonton Mall or Chimera. So, like, yeah. routine maintenance is a pretty important thing. Yeah. When they're and, pulling and, all those strong G's. I was talking about how I don't like lawsuits, but one thing that our litigious society actually benefits us with is that the parks are always going to make sure their rides are super safe because the last thing they want to do is have a PR nightmare and get sued. They're not going to cut corners on safety. They're going to be checking these rides all the time. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the case in Canada, and I doubt that's the case in Mexico, but at least in America, uh, at a major theme park like Six Flags, Cedar Fair, Disney, SeaWorld. Uh, they're going to be checking those things pretty regularly to make sure that uh, the thing doesn't derail suddenly. Oh, yeah, I agree. The safety standards in a lot of places is good, but there's also a lot of, like, questionable, like, places I might not go on a roller coaster. I, yeah, and I've been to a few of those places, especially in 2018. Uh yeah, uh, a couple that come to mind are Connie at Lake Park, uh, Wonderland in Amarillo. Um, some, of those, some of those parks, you just kind of hang on and you're just kind of like, oh boy, uh, hopefully this thing doesn't just fall apart because it feels like it might. It's always like, is this worth the credit? Yeah, yeah. I rode uh, Rainier Rush at the Washington State Fair back in August. And it was pretty much like, I'm riding this once. If I get off and I'm still in one piece and the ride's still standing, then I'm going to consider that a victory and I'm never coming back and riding this ever again. So. <laughs> Done. Check. Plus one credit. And, and the only coaster I actually felt like I was actually in like some danger of getting hurt was uh, the Blue Streak at Connie at Lake Park. 
I thought I might like get a back injury or something. And I actually ended up almost like busting my kneecap on that thing. So that's one to, that's one to watch out for. I've, I've heard that before about that ride. Yeah. It's uh, not to spoil anything uh, to all of the listeners out there, but I'm eventually going to do a roughest coaster list on my YouTube channel and blue streak at Connie Lake park is going to be number one. So there's a little stink peek for everybody. Ooh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing that list. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I try not to like overlap a lot of coasters on my lists. Like, it seems like I've been mentioning Predator at Darien Lake a ton, and Aurora Six Flags America a ton recently for various topics I've been doing. But there are a few coasters out there that are rough but aren't bad. Like Blue Streak isn't bad, and like Great American Scream Machine at Six Flags Over Georgia isn't bad. But like, man, they try to kill you in the worst way. But at least you can kind of see, like, oh, but the ride's still kind of fun if you can get past the fact that you almost died. So. <laughs> that's that's just my my thing about rough coasters. Like, I, I try to see through it. Some some coasters that are rough and are boring are just the worst. That's like Roar at Six Flags America. It's just, just tear it down. RMC it. I don't care. Get rid of it. Just whatever, um, whatever you do, just don't let it uh, operate as is. Because it's it's just terrible. So yeah, Montezuma's revenge. Well, that's the word. So Montezuma's revenge. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to see that it, it, that someone died on Montezuma's revenge, and I am glad that I did not know about that. Well, I guess it happened after I wrote it, so I guess that's better. But I mean, yeah, that I mean, that that stuff happens. Yeah, and to be fair, nobody died on it. You know, they died partially because of it. I mean, something else might have brought that on too. The, the list of killer coasters is basically all based off of Wikipedia. Uh-huh. So it's just like, you know, the Montezuma's Revenge page pulled that up and it's like, well, that can get filed in that category then. <laughs> ah, yeah. You know what? Actually, this is, speaking of lawsuits, the uh, the person who died, they, uh, got a, they filed a lawsuit against Knott's. Not surprising, but the uh, didn't go, didn't go anywhere. But also not surprising. Yeah. Pre-existing condition, mm, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know that kind of stuff just kind of ties up the parks. They have to spend money on it, and um, but yeah, it was dismissed. So they didn't get anything out of it. But yeah, that, that, that's tough to say. That's tough to to argue that the park owes you money after something like that happens. Definitely. And I guess that was one for the courts to decide. I don't know. Yeah. So it is time for the Disney Minute. The Disney Minute. Come to this happy place. Welcome. Disneyland is your land. Gonna go get our tickets and head to Disneyland. We're back at the happiest place on earth. Disneyland. Welcome everyone. I'm here today at Disneyland. Today we are gonna talk about things we wish we'd known before we went to Disney World. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. 
Thank you. Rises the resistance open. Disney may be working with the U.S. defense contractors to build X-Wing drones. Disney begins selling a Jungle Cruise Tiki mug. The Galactic Star Cruiser will open in 2021. A Disney Cruise Line employee was charged with raping a 13-year-old girl. The Disney Minute. Did you know that Disney movies this year have made about $10 billion in the box office? And Star, and Star Wars hasn't even come out yet? So they, uh, they're doing I'm not okay. surprised. That place is a money yeah, factory. Uh, any, any lawsuits that might come out of that last story, they, uh, they got some, uh, some money to spare on that one. So, yeah, they'll be a okay. Yeah. They, they own so much stuff now. They own like the Avengers and they own Star Wars and Frozen. And it's just like every other thing that comes out is Disney. So makes me wonder why they got to charge Are so you, much uh, money for their, uh, Disney, oh, yeah, Plus? Disney Plus too. I actually get Disney Plus for free uh, with my Verizon account. And I just like, don't really have any desire to watch anything on there. So, I mean, I, I'm i not a Disney fan. Like, all the YouTube channels that focus on Disney and Universal, like, I'm not really interested in that. Uh, I don't really watch Disney movies. I don't really watch, like, I don't know, with, with uh, working full-time and doing YouTube, I don't really have time to watch TV anymore, like actual shows. So all these people who sit around and stream stuff all day, it's like, yeah, I mean, that sounds good, but I, I don't have time for that. Well, if you do ever tune in, I would recommend that Imagineering show. Oh, yeah. At least yeah, the I first one. That. that sounds interesting. I mean, I'm assuming you went to Disneyland. Yeah, I try to go maybe once a year, maybe once every two years. I mean, that's a great park. Yeah, D- Disneyland, and you know what? What, the, what park is like really crazy underrated is California Adventure. Like they're just packing that thing full of like the best Disney rides I've ever seen. So people kind of trash California Adventure, but like they got so many great rides there at this point. So I wouldn't skip it if I was. I got to get back there. That same 09 trip was the last time I was, it was the only time I've been to Disneyland and California Adventure. I mean, just just alone, the things I can think of. I mean, they got uh, the Incredicoaster, um, Radiator Springs Racers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Soren, and uh, Toy Story Midway Mania. Like, those are like my favorite Disney rides, and they're all at California Adventure. So Disneyland's kind of like, okay. Uh, they kind of have the old classic stuff. They don't really have the new stuff. I mean, I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge yet. Um, I haven't been to Disneyland since last December. I guess it's been about a year since I've been there. Um, so yeah, I'd be curious to check that out eventually. But like, it ain't cheap. Like even even with my uh, oh no, it ain't. Even with my uh, special deal I have with uh, someone who can get me tickets, I it's still not cheap for especially with uh, getting tickets for three people. So. It's not something I can just go do whenever. I don't have a pass or anything. So once a year sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah, no. And I mean, unless you're like a real Disney person. Right. Why? If I was, I would get a pass. And I'm I'm only like 60, 65 miles from Disney from my house. But man, the traffic getting down there is just atrocious. Same with knots. Like I am not that far from knots. Like it, it should take me about less than an hour to drive there. But it, that's never the case. It usually takes two, two and a half hours to get there with the traffic. Dang. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, I, you live in Chicago. I'm sure it's not pleasant there either. 
I, I've driven around. I, I tried to get to Great America one day uh, during rush hour, and it was pretty crazy. Ooh. That was everyone leaving the city and going back up north to, I'm guessing, where they live. And, yeah, it was just as bad as California, if not worse. Well, I think, yeah, major cities will do that. Yeah, just everyone bags on California for their traffic. And it's definitely a problem, but I don't know, man. I've been stuck in a lot of traffic jams in a lot of different cities. And Chicago is definitely one of the one of the worst ones. Well, I'm glad that comes up before, like, oh, I hear about shootings. So, you know. Yeah, I was going to bring that I'll up earlier. I'll take traffic over that route. I was going to make a joke <laughs> about that earlier, but I figured maybe that was a, yeah, a little poor taste. No, I know, I know our reputation here in Chicago. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'd rather, I'd rather take the reputation for traffic as bad as California than, uh, <laughs> yeah, the other I one. Don't know. You maybe, know, maybe it's because I've been to Chicago like three or four times, and and like uh, I don't know, you you can walk around the North Side and you're you're fine. You know, you can walk around downtown. You can um, go to Wrigley, uh, go get some deep dish pizza. And you're good. Now, if you venture down to the White Sox area, um, then you're a little, you're in a, you're, you're in trouble. But the trick is just to not do that, and you're fine. Yeah, that's pretty sage advice. I'll go to the South Side, but only if I got a reason to be there. Yeah. Also, maybe depends on what time of day. Yeah. I don't want to give away too much about where I live in the city, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Chicago's nice. I mean, I was there in late October a couple of years ago. It was beautiful. Like it was seventy-two degrees. I think everyone in Chicago and Milwaukee both went to Six Flags Great America that day for Fright Fest because that was the busiest I'd ever seen a park in my whole life until I went to Six Flags Magic Mountain this past winter for a holiday in the park. In the park hit capacity, I think Great America was pretty close Oof. to capacity, if not there when I was there during Fright Fest. Back in 2017, it was uh, unbelievable. Yeah, Great America. Great America draws some real crowds. There's no doubt about that. Great America is uh, like such an underrated park, too. I think people just kind of think, "Oh, Six Flags, whatever." But it's like that park does not have any gaps. Like it is so well rounded. Their coaster lineup is just amazing. No, it's great, and that's been my home park my whole life. And I mean, if Ben was here, you know, he that's him and I spent a lot of time hanging out at Great America yeah. back in those years before I dropped out of coasters. Right. Yeah, my my first trip there was in 2013, and then I also went back in 2016 and 2017. But that's the funny thing; I haven't been there in over two years, so I have like no footage and like a few pictures. And it's like one of the few parks that I haven't been to, like major parks I haven't been to in a while. So. I'm I'm, I'm going to try to get out there next year for well, sure. The thing about it I do know is that like if you're doing a big trip, it's kind of a it's out of the way. Desert yeah. for other coasters. And that 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 was my problem in 20, 2018 when I went on the cross country trip. Like we weren't even close to getting up that far north, so we didn't go. It was just out of the way. So next year we're going to try to get up to like yeah, Valley like Fair the, and, and Michigan's Adventure and Wisconsin Dells, Indiana Beach. So like we're going to hit that like area of the country that's kind of like hard to get to. Oh yeah, dude, that's a that's a really good trip. Do you have any of those credits? Uh, well, I've been to Great America. I've never been to Valley Fair or 
Mount Olympus or Michigan's Adventure or Indiana Beach or Mall of America or Adventureland. Um, so there's a lot of creds up there in the north that I haven't gotten yet. So I'm looking forward to that. For sure. Yeah, I haven't been to Adventureland, but everything else that you can drive to from Chicago I've been to. So it is definitely a point? desert. Um, about five and a half hours. That's nothing. See, that you're lucky. See, for me, five and a half hours gets me to like Vegas. Yeah, but Vegas is awesome. Why go anywhere else? Yeah. <laughs> ah, it depends what you're into. Like, if you're into gambling, drinking, and crappy coasters, then yeah, Vegas is awesome. But yeah, for me, I'm more of like, let's go to Cedar Point type of thing, you know? Or let's go see New York City. And all that requires me to get on a plane, which kind of stinks. So I'm a little more jealous of you people in the Midwest and in the, in the East Coast who, even though you have to put up with really crappy winters, you guys can just get in your car and just drive like a weekend trip pretty much anywhere. Maybe not so much in Chicago, but like anywhere like Ohio and East. Like you got so many parks just right. I mean, when you, you had Mike on a couple weeks ago and he was talking about how he's like, like four hours from 300 credits. Like that's crazy. Well, like I would love to experience. I got to imagine that that whole like Jersey shoreline, if you just drive down that, that's a whole lot of them right there. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm planning on getting to the Jersey shore this year. And that's, that's what like 15 or so credits right there that I don't have. So there's just, there's so much stuff like, I would love to get in the car and just be like, hey, this weekend we're going to go north. We're going to go to Great Adventure. Or this weekend we're going to go south. We're going to go to over Georgia. You know, just stuff like that. Over here in California, we're just on an island. You know, we have a lot of good stuff here. Like we have Disney, Knott's, SeaWorld, Legoland, Magic Mountain. And just four, four to five hours north, we have Great America and Discovery Kingdom. But then we're 11 hours from Lagoon. And then we're... 24 hours from Kansas city. So, I mean, that's what about like Silverwood? Like you can't really drive that. Silverwood's insanely far away too. Um, I, I went to Silverwood this year, but it took a lot to get there. Like we, we started off at, we went to Lagoon that's about 11 hours from my house. And we went from Lagoon to Silverwood. And that was another, like, I want to say eight to 10 hours from Lagoon. So, I mean, that's not close at all. That's that's way up in northwestern Idaho. Oh, man. So I got to ask, how is Tremors? Tremors? You know what? Funny that you asked that. I am I am coming out with a video on, uh, in what, three days on Thursday that ranks all the coasters in the Pacific Northwest. So if Ben was here, he'd probably have something to say about that. But um, Tremors, I thought, was overrated. Um I wasn't all that impressed with Tremors. I thought it was kind of drawn out. Like it had really good use of tunnels and the airtime was okay. I thought it ran a little rough and it just had a lot of like these, like almost like the beast kind of like these weird helix, like helix moments that were just like, what's it doing? You know, we're just going in circles here. So yeah, I, I was a little disappointed with Tremors. I thought that Timber Terror was better. Interesting. But I doubt that a lot of people would agree with me on that one. And as a 
old school great America guy. I gotta ask, how was Shock uh, Aftershock? Oh, uh, you know, Aftershock is my favorite coaster in the park. It's really close between those three, but Aftershock was like I used to ride Deja Vu at Magic Mountain, and Aftershock just gave me flashbacks of what Deja Vu was like because it has the same trains and it has the same feel. Like I wrote, I wrote Goliath at New England, and that coaster is awful. Like they put the new trains on there, it just it hurt like hell. But Aftershock was awesome. And um, yeah, it just stinks that, that Six Flags had to remove those. Because if, if we still had Deja Vu at Magic Mountain, I'd ride that thing all the time. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal was there. That kind of happened when I wasn't paying attention to coasters back in like 2011. I think you guys lost yours in 2007. That is ours like, that over there at Silverwood. At yeah, that's yours. Yeah. I miss it. Man, I love that ride. It was It operated so poorly here at great america but in it must have for for six seasons like that's that's weak like that i mean that's obvious like they were trying to get rid of it and and they shipped it out of the chain too at least the magic mountain one they kept and it, in it the opened chain. late like they wanted to get rid of that thing yeah that opened in what October yeah of uh oh one but not as late as yeah, ours opened in august oh when did that open i think 2002 Oh, did that actually get pushed? Because what what I had heard is that um, Magic Mountain actually they didn't get the trains, so they had to get the trains from Georgia. So Georgia was shorted. Oh, really? Georgia's open uh, uh, September first, so that was about a week after Magic Mountain's open. So I don't know. Then this that's thing, what I had heard. I don't know from somebody way back whenever deja vu was relevant i'm proud to say i got on all three of them on the originals oh wow you got on all three deja vus that's crazy i was so happy magic mountain was the last one for me it looks like the over georgia one's in storage right now in brazil that's where it is well it's never coming back there's one in Spain. I mean, it's been in storage since for ten years. It, it ain't coming back. There's one in Spain and there's one in China, I think. But the China one's new. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Quantum Leap. It's in Russia. Oh actually. my bad. I don't know. I knew it was somewhere else. I love those rides. Yeah. Oh, actually, there's another one too. So there's one in Russia, and then there's another one. Yeah, that one's in China. Okay, so there is one in China. So you're Partial right. credit for Zach then. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Still keeping my nerd cred here on your favorite coaster sucks. <laughs> um, so to keep us slightly on track, we're going to forego our typical listener question segment because, of course, we're joined by Chris here. But if you do have a question, please send it on over to your favorite coaster sucks at gmail.com. Um, now, before we get into our interview questions, we asked our listeners if they had any questions for you, and this is what we had gotten back. And uh, thanks for thanks for help blowing that up, and so we could have some interesting questions to ask you here. Willie Joe Mosh asks, McDonald's or Chick Fil A? Yeah, Chick-fil-A is actually kind of a new thing on the West Coast here. So it's kind of a novelty, but it's kind of starting to wear off a little bit. I think Chick-fil-A is better for quality. 
Uh, but McDonald's is good for like cheapness because I'm like the cheapest person alive, especially when it comes to food. So give me like McDonald's dollar menu, like McDonald's app deals. Um, like that's good enough for me. But if you're looking for some quality stuff, Chick-fil-A definitely with the way to go. All right. And there you go with the diplomacy again. <laughs> well, you can't, you can't trash either one. I mean, McDonald's, I think they, over the last like decade, they've really like picked it up. They're like, they're like pretty legit. And Chick-fil-A is Chick-fil-A, you know. I'll give it to McDonald's, but that's because um, I'm I'm obligatory now. I have to mention it. I'm vegan. Oh, you have to mention and it. I, th- I think you're the only vegan that's ever wanted to talk about it before. So that's good for you, man. Yeah, no, and that's that's why it's obligatory that I mention it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like McDonald's has something for me. I don't think Chick-fil-A does. Yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine that uh, Chick-fil-A would have uh, anything like that. But I don't know. I never see. I never looked. Again, like I, I don't eat fast food. Like even when I'm on the road, I try to avoid it, but it's hard to. But when I'm not on the road, like I never go out to eat. I always eat at home. Well, there you go. So that sounds like a confident endorsement for home cooking, then. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's cheaper. It's less greasy. Um, I don't know. Like I just. I just to me, it seems like you can spend a lot, go out and spend a lot of money on food, but you're just going to crap it out and you're going to be hungry again in a few hours. So why spend a ton of money on food? Save that money and buy a flash pass. I'm going to go with you don't sound like a true coaster enthusiast, but that's all right. (laughs) Why? Because I said flash pass? (laughs) No, because you said don't go with food. Oh, don't go with fast food? Uh I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'll, yeah, I, I, you have to do it on the road. If, if I don't know if some people saw my, uh, my uh, guide to road coaster road trips. And I said that I actually tried to bring my own food on that trip, but it wasn't the best idea. So yeah, it was kind of a, it, it was hard to keep everything like fresh. <laughs> so it was, it was in July too. So it was hard to do. Oof. All right, well, um, UK Theme Park Squad asks, will you give the other Zach Spins a chance? Uh, yes, and I'm actually going to go ride La Vipere over at La Ronde this year, or this coming year, and hopefully they can fix it. Apparently, uh, the state of California screwed up and messed up the trains on Green Lantern so that they wouldn't spin and that definitely makes sense because when those things don't spin, they just pull some like crazy weird forces on you. It feels like it's kind of trying to rip your body apart. So maybe if the thing actually spins, that'd be the best. That that'd be better. And maybe the other the other Zach spins actually do. And maybe Vipair will actually do that. So if that's the case, then yeah, I'll definitely give it another shot. Because I actually enjoy the free spins. I'm like, Mike, I actually like the free spins. So maybe it feels like that. <laughs> Mike had something to say about those free spins when he was here. So, this next one's real good. Uh, JTrife26 says, in all caps, Skyrush is good. Is that a question? I don't see the question there. Um, I guess I can just say no. Uh, I think Skyrush could be good if it had different trains. And uh, I just, I actually, tonight, I put my Hershey Park video out there. 
and I talk a lot about Skyrush. And I even have like a little rant that I did while I was next to Skyrush on camera, talking about why it's not good. So, yeah, it's um, I just don't understand this. I don't. I do not understand the lap bars on that thing. Like, why do they do that? Like, why do they come down and cut your leg circulation off? Like, people tell me that that is necessary on the ride because if they didn't have that, you would die. But I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, the only way to ride that ride is to have lap bars that destroy your legs. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> and plus, the thing had the thing had a really nasty rattle too in the back. And it, and the layout was kind of I don't know. It had some good moments, but a lot of it's just like a lot of turns around the lake, and then throwing an airtime moment here and there and a stangle dive. But I don't know. Have you ridden Skyrush? Not yet. Okay. Um, I was, it looks. I was pretty psyched for it. I knew that it had a reputation, but I was pretty psyched to actually ride it. And so I was really disappointed that when I came off it, it was that bad. But I'm going to ride it again next year. I'm, I'll be back at Hershey next year. I'll I'll try it front row. Apparently, that's better. I, I'm usually a back row rider because I like the forces in the back row on most rides, but. I've been telling myself lately to try the front and the back because sometimes the front actually gives better forces than the back, depending on the ride. So that might be the case here. I'm hoping I can get out there and try it um, in 2020, but I've not heard good things. Uh, it's it's a split. And, you know, I would say, at least in the coaster community, I would say it's like 75, 25, like it. Um, but in terms of GP, it's probably the other way around, which is probably why they're building Candemonium, just because Skyrush is kind of a flop in terms of ridership and people actually enjoying it. Because, I mean, all you have to do is just sit there in the station and listen to the people groaning once the lap bar gets off their, their thighs when they come back to the station. It's pretty funny. It's like a collective groan. Oof, well, that's a stunning endorsement. Skyrush is, uh, mm, it's, yeah, I forgot where I ranked it on my list. Let me see if I can pull that up really quick. Like, I actually have all my, all my uh, credits ranked here. So let me see if it's even the, in the top 200. Wow. Well, do you, uh, do you vote in any of the polls? No, I don't. If I did, I'd probably bring it way down, though. You should go vote in Elo Coaster. What do they do? They have, they have like a awards or anything. It's like Mitch Hawker. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, all right, so I have I have Skyrush just behind Desperado, and just ahead of Batman the Ride at over Georgia. It's my one hundred ninetieth favorite coaster. I really like Desperado. Yeah, Desperado is, is like it, it's a like uh I'm just going to say it's, it's a terrible ride, but it's still fun. If that makes sense. Ben would also want me to point out that it's in his top five. Really? Uh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, because it doesn't really have airtime. Um, it's extremely rough and, uh, it's long. I guess that's the most interesting thing about it. It's fast and it's long, but it's kind of hard to point to many elements on there and be like, Oh, that's awesome. You know, like, I guess there's a little bit of airtime before the mid-course. 
but yeah, that's that's one of the rides that I think may be uh, going away pretty soon. All right. Well, we'll have a question about that coming up. Yeah. Um, VD underscore one two one eight three one has a two part question. First is, how was it taking Mike from El Toro Ryan? Uh, it was easy because El Toro Ryan wasn't paying Mike anything. So all I had to do was give him like a, a fraction of a percent and, uh, he was, and he was on board. So, uh, it was pretty easy and, uh, Mike's a really cool guy. So I'm glad to have him on the team. Uh, I, I heard that El Toro Ryan tried to, uh, hawk a Tesla on him and, um, we'll see how that goes. I don't know. Maybe he'll end up being a lemon. He'll come back. Well, he seemed very in the middle and wouldn't say a whole lot when he was here. Yeah, so. well, that's because he's trying to get, he's trying to negotiate. He's trying to get me and uh, Ryan to get into a bidding war. So I respect that. I can see where he's coming from. And of course, now your favorite coaster sucks somehow plays a part in all of that. Oh, yeah. No, we're dragging everybody into it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing how. That little series that we had where I steal Mike and then uh, Ryan confronts me. Like that whole thing was pretty, was pretty funny. Like I, I, I enjoyed that whole back and forth with Ryan. It was, I think it was good for both of our channels. And uh, I think a lot of people had fun with it. Yeah. I mean, Ryan was on the show. Our listeners asked about it, about it. Mike was on the show. Our listeners asked about it. You're on the show. <laughs> our listeners asked about it. So <laughs> that it's it's just it's funny like it, you don't think that a lot of people are paying attention or watching or anything and, and stuff like that that makes you realize that they are and it's kind of uh it's like whoa you know Well that's uh <laughs> It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's it's surprising sometimes, and you're like, wow, like people actually watch the stuff. It's it's amazing. Mike has remained incredibly diplomatic. Yeah, that's that's Mike. He's just he's he's trying to play a game. He's trying to play the room. So VD also asks, what's your favorite coaster and why? Uh, Steel Vengeance uh, because it's an airtime machine. It's crazy smooth. It's 200 feet tall. It's got a vertical drop. It's got the most airtime in the world, like 5,800 feet long. It's like the perfect coaster. And so I thought El Toro was the perfect coaster, but after riding Steel Vengeance, it's like, okay, Steel Vengeance one, Toro two, but it's like a distant two because Steel Vengeance is that good. So the trick is, is like, what's going to beat Steel Vengeance? And Maybe Iron Gwazi. I don't know how long that's going to be. It seems like to me, it seems like unless something can out can outpace Steel Vengeance on the length side, it's going to be hard to beat it. That's that's a that's a good response. I could say that, like, if you could think about it objectively, I guess you could say Steel Vengeance is the best coaster there is. Yeah, just in terms of what it offers i think so just taking all the sentimental value out of it or any gripes that you might have about you know a bad experience you had on it or something just looking at what it is it's hard to believe that anything 
out there is better and what can they build in the future that will top it? Yeah, like pound for pound, what represents what a roller coaster is? Yeah, I you know? I get what you're saying. Yeah. Unless they oh, come out with something he, like actually, 300 feet a... tall and 1,000 feet longer, then yeah, maybe so. But we'll see. <laughs> oh, this is actually a three-parter. Yeah. Last one is, if you could own any theme park in the world, which will, which one would it be and why? Uh, it would definitely be Disneyland. And that's because people willingly go there and just dump their money out on your doorstep. Like, you don't have to trick them or anything. You're just like, all right, it's 150 bucks to get in. They will willingly pay it. And once they're there, they, I mean, there are so many people that are obsessed with Disney. It's crazy. They'll buy like all the Disney merch and they'll buy passes to the park. They'll pay for the overexpensive food and they'll like pay more to eat with the characters. So, yeah, Disney's just a cash cow. I mean, I, I think that they Stand only in they only raise their prices because they want to control the people that get there. Like they want to l- lessen the amount of people that come in with the whole supply and demand thing. You know, raise your prices, less people will come in. I think that's like the only reason they actually raise the prices, not because they want more revenue, just because they need crowd control. So that's a pretty good situation they're in. Yeah, dude, people are so crazy about Disney. They'll stand in line to take a picture in front of a freaking wall yeah yeah i mean I, I go there once a year or so and it's uh i see the people who they're like disney fanatics you don't see that often with other things you don't see six flags fanatics and if you do they're usually uh you know 13 years old and have a season pass and don't spend a dime at the park so that's really not a great situation for them <laughs> Well, that's a pretty pretty awesome answer. Um, holy moly! All right, Gavin Kyra underscore Coaster Adventures asks, "What's your opinion on the ridiculous Six Flags Park coming to Saudi Arabia? Will it come to light, and will Falcon's flight actually be real?" So, uh, first, shout out to Gavin, who's the guy who wrote that question. He's uh, he's a friend of mine, and uh, he's got a brand new channel. So um, he's he's trying to get that off the ground, and he's going to take a crazy coaster trip next year. So I hope that works out for him. And he gets like, he can maybe get that channel off the ground. So as for... Cheers. Go Gavin Kyra. Oh, what was that? Oh, cheers. Go Gavin Kyra. Oh, there you go. It came through like some kind of like a robot weird jumble voice. So anyway, I can, oh. I can hear you now. <laughs> okay. Um, so as for Six Flags Saudi Arabia, um, I think it, it will come true unless some kind of crazy things happens with the Saudi Arabia, Arabia government, or I guess they have a, a king over there. Um, so probably not. Um, or, you know, economies can crash like we saw with, with Dubai and all the stuff they had planned over there and the recession kind of destroyed that. But yeah, I think that Six Flags in Saudi Arabia will happen and it may be a little scaled back of what people originally um, have reported that it will be. And Falcon's flight probably will look nothing like it did on that rendering where it goes up and over a mountain for some reason. Um, like maybe it'll break some records. Um, but I mean, that, that animation was like a joke. <laughs> Seriously. Like, did you see that? 
Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like at first it was like, okay. And then all of a sudden it like picks up this speed out of nowhere and goes up and around a mountain. It's like, okay, like, is this a joke? And it goes through these tunnels that are like a thousand feet long and they're all themed with like lights in there. It's like, ah, I just can't see that happening. But you know what? They, they dream big. And even if they scale that back a little bit, it'll still probably be 400 feet tall. So we still could be looking at something record-breaking, even if it's not whatever that animation was. They dream big and they have all the money. They do. Yeah. So. That's true. Yeah, it's, I guess at that point, it's just a matter of, will the manufacturer be able to pull whatever it is they want off? You know, mechanically, from an engineering standpoint, I'm sure they'll probably try to get Intamin to do something. Oof. Well, hopefully it works out. Yeah. And who knows, who uh, knows when that, that's going to be either. Probably <laughs> five, ten years at least. They're working on the technology to turn YouTube videos into a reality <laughs> with three, 3D printers. So Hey, you know what? You if know. they do that, good for them. It's not my money. So... <laughs> So Crystal underscore Sarson asks if you have any trips planned for 2020. Um, yeah, so so Hollywood Nights uh, for sure, like for sure, for sure in late May. And I might also tack on Kentucky Kingdom, Kings Island, Cedar Point to that trip. Um, and then probably in mid-July, that's when I'm going to go over to the Midwest in terms of like uh, the northern areas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Chicago, um, gonna head through Canada. Um, my, my, my main, my main goal on here is to get the remaining credits in the country that I don't have. Uh, so that's like Valley Fair, Michigan's Adventure, La Ronde, um, Great Escape. I also want to f- knock off the last two Cedar Fair parks I haven't been to and the last two Six Flags parks I haven't been to. So that's Valley Fair and Michigan's Adventure on the Cedar Fair side, and then La Ronde and Great Escape on the Six Flags side. So we're just really trying to focus on the northern U.S. and then the northeast. And then we're going to try to uh, hit up some like the Jersey Shore and then hit up some parks that have new stuff like Jersey Devil at Great Adventure, uh, Candemonium at Hershey Park. Uh, I haven't ridden Steel Curtain yet at Kennywood, so I want to get on that. Um, Kings Island for Orion. Um, hit up Indiana Beach. I haven't been there yet. And then uh, just kind of work away. We're going to start and end in Kansas City. Like, because like, like I said, like it's a, it's four days of driving if we drive to Kansas city, um, because you, you have to pretty much split that up into two legs of two days there, two days back. So we're going to just fly there and then drive the rest of the way. So it's going to be a pretty crazy trip. It'll probably be about two weeks. Um, so that's probably going to eat most of my vacation time between that and Hollywood nights. Um, I kind of want to get out to Gwazi, but I don't know if I'm going to do that this year. Um, God, flights to Orlando are so cheap in the off season. So if they open that thing in March, like it'd be tempting to do it. Um, I heard that uh, Texas Stingray at San Antonio is also going to open in February this year. So that would be interesting. Really? Yeah. I heard that that was uh, an IAPA interview. They said they're going to open that in February. So like, man, if you ever seen flights to like Texas or Orlando in the off season, they're so cheap. So it might be worth it just to like pop over there and go to the opening and come back. 
Well, if you go to the SeaWorld in San Antonio, they have the cheapest Platinum Pass that gets you into all oh, yeah. the yeah, I have that, actually. SeaWorld parks. Yeah, I have that because I went down to San Diego back in October. And um, if you buy the Platinum Pass, you get two free anytime tickets and then more tickets that you can use throughout the year. So it, it made so much sense for me to buy that because I took my wife and my daughter there. So buying three one-day tickets would have cost me the same as buying a Platinum Pass and using my free tickets. So now I have a Platinum Pass for the next 10 months. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense to to go over there if it's cheap on the flight. Yeah, and they got Emperor opening there. And yeah, um, that's another thing I want to head down there. That's only about two hours from my house, uh, SeaWorld San Diego. So um, it's funny because I, I went there for the first time. Actually, I went down there for work. And that's the only reason I went to SeaWorld. But I hadn't been down there in 12 years. I finally got back there in October. And I was finally able to get on Manta and Electric Eel, Tidal Twister. But now that I have this pass, it's like, yeah, when they open Emperor, might as well go down there and check it out. Totally. All right. So our buddy, some call him Tim, asks, how do you like having El Toro in California? Oh, you know, that's a, it was a fun gag, but it kind of hurts me inside the fact that it's not real. It's funny because actually when, when uh, I came back from that trip, they're, they're like totally ripping out the road on the way to Magic Mountain because they're building a whole lot of uh, uh, houses behind the park. So they're like totally widening, widening the road and, and ripping all the existing road up. And they had these uh, trucks there. And the, the company that is ripping up the road is called Toro. So you got this big old like dirt plot of land and you have a truck that says Toro on it. I'm just like, this is perfect for me. So I started Instagramming that out. So, um, so yeah, the, the funny story about El Toro in California is that we were supposed to get something like that back in 2009. But because the economy crashed and Six Flags went into bankruptcy, they went for the cheaper option, which was the GCI Terminator or Apocalypse. So we never got our Intamin prefab. So it kind of hurts me that that's the case. Um, it's kind of sad, actually, because El Toro is phenomenal. Holy hell, yes, it is. It's like, it's my number two coaster. And it's still like, even though Steel Vengeance is my favorite coaster, I think I love El Toro the most because I don't know. It's just like, it's got a special place for me. That's fair. That's a sick ride. Yeah. I got eight rides on it. Eight? Is it eight? Wow. Yeah, I got eight rides on it in October. So it's like, it's hard. It's really hard for me to get out to Jersey. That's that's like full cross country, never a cheap flight out to Jersey. So when I get there, I got to make it worth it. Yeah, I only went to Great Adventure in 2008. That's when I was there. That was, that was my first trip there. So I got to see some of the old stuff. I got to see uh, Medusa before it changed. I got to see Great American Scream Machine. I missed the chiller by a year. Yeah, I got to go on that. Same. I was all bummed about that. Yeah, it's too bad. But yeah, I, 2008 was kind of the era when I was in between my coaster enthusiasts. Like we just happened to be on the East Coast and 
I was still interested in coasters. So I was like, oh, let's go to Great Adventure um, and ride the coasters that I've heard about for so many years, like Nitro. I didn't know a whole lot about El Toro, so I rode it without knowing much about it. And I was like, oh, my God, like number one, no doubt for sure. Yeah, that's such a good ride. Those four big moments of airtime yeah. are just incredible. They're like some of the best. I think on my best and airtime moments, the those four all made my top ten. And they were pretty high on it too. And like that hill. You know the one I'm talking the about. The Rolling Thunder Hill. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually that only hill in the second half. Yeah, that's actually my least favorite part of the of the four that you're talking about but it's still crazy it's just like amazing because like those hills have that crazy intamin ejector like suck you out of your seat airtime yeah i was wearing a dog tag on my first the first time i was there and the first camelbacks almost ripped it straight off my head that's hard to find. It's hard to find airtime that'll actually rip stuff off your head. I would say like Storm Chaser can do that. Twisted Colossus can do that. Um, I don't even think Steel Vengeance can do that. But yeah, but El Toro, like that might be the strongest airtime I've experienced. And all fairness to Skyrush, I think Skyrush can do that too. It's just that uh, I was in so much pain on that ride that I didn't really notice. So Maybe not. I'll I'll give it another shot. See how it goes. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and thank uh, some column Tim for getting us gushing about El Toro over here. Someone had to do it. <laughs> so, uh, Kitty Cat thirty three ninety two asks, "Can you throw a rock and hit Goliath from your house?" Uh, I, I'm, I'm not uncle Rico. I can't throw football over the mountains, but I can see Tatsu X2 in the sky tower from my bedroom. Um, the way the mountains are situated, I can't see Superman or, or Goliath, but I'm pretty close. Like I am about three miles from the park. So it's a good, it's a good spot to be in. Like I complain about people on the East coast having all these access access to all these parks in the area. It's like, well, like I live three miles from Twisted Colossus I, and X2, so I can't really complain. So to answer a question, no, yeah, I, I can't hit Goliath with a, with a rock, but, uh, but at least I can, I can kind of see it. If I, if I walk up the street, I can see it. Do you ever get any like time-lapse footage from out there of a sunset or anything? No, but probably I could because the sun does set right over Magic Mountain from my viewpoint. So that would be interesting. Oh man, you should do that. Yeah. Sunset or a sunrise. That'd be great. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. If I can find a tripod, it'd be worth it to give that a shot. Or just anything to balance it on that gets the right angle. True. Yeah. Yeah. The way the mountains are situated over here, it's like, you can get some pretty good views of Magic Mountain. I, I've walked around the city just trying to find like all the good angles of Magic Mountain with my camera. And once they open up all those housing areas behind the park, that's even more angles that no one's ever seen before. So 
I'll be sure to get on that. For sure. Um, so one of our listeners from Facebook um, asked if you have any tips for visiting Magic Mountain. Yeah, so people ask me this quite a bit. Um, so obviously the first thing to do is get there when the park opens. And you really got two options. So one of my suggestions is go to X2 first before that gets a line. And then after that, go to Tatsu. Because those two are pretty popular. Those get pretty big lines. Then you go up to Superman on top of the hill. And then from there, you can hit the back of the park. Chrysanity, Twisted Colossus, uh, Goliath. The rides back there don't usually get lines for the first couple hours. So even after you hit X2, Tatsu, and Superman, you should still be able to walk on the rides in the back of the park. Um, But if you're like an airtime junkie and all you care about is marathoning Twisted Colossus, go straight there. And you'll probably have that ride to yourself for the first two hours because nobody gets back there uh, until like 1230 or one o'clock because everyone goes in the park and they go straight to X2, Tatsu or full throttle. I mean, I, I, I go there sometimes on like Sunday mornings at Rope Drop and like Chrysanity and Twisted Colossus. They're just like walk-ons for, for like the first hour and a half, two hours. So kind of depends what you want to do. If, you, if you're like really interested in knocking out all the credits, I would do the X2 Tatsu Superman route. But you want to get as many rides on Twisted as you can, go straight there. All right, there we go. There's some insider tips. I'm someone who goes there way too often. <laughs> so a uh, friend of the show, Airtime Mike, had a couple questions. Oh, yeah. He wanted to know first, speaking of Twisted Colossus, what was it like to get punched on Twisted Colossus? I mean, we joked around about it on the vlog that he punched me in the face. And, like, legitimately, he punched me in the mouth. And, like, I had to make sure that my tooth wasn't loose. That's how hard he punched me. And it was on the the top. It was on the high five element on the, I want to say it was the green side. He actually, because I don't know, like he puts his hands up and he just like lets them flop around like crazy. It's like, dude, you got to control your arms. Like a little arm control would be nice. But, you know, he's a newbie. Like he, that was his first time on Twisted Colossus, I think. So it makes sense that he just kind of went nuts and uh, socked me right in the mouth. Or like literally socked me right in the mouth. So um like we joked about it but yeah for a second there i wasn't i wasn't all that sure that i I didn't need to go to the dentist so thank you mike thanks a lot damn (laughs) well he also asked um why do you hate on six flags america so much uh because it's funny honestly no actually yeah because it's funny uh, I, I, I go into, I go into Six Flags America. I've been there twice, once in, once in 2008 and then once in 2019. And both times I've gone in there with an open mind. Like, like I said, I went to Discovery Kingdom, like ready to mock it. And it actually was really good. Um, Six Flags America, just one thing after another. It was just like, wow. I, I guess it's good that it wasn't that crowded. So that was a plus. But like, man, like the, the, the rides just break down every 10 seconds. And that's exactly what happened in 2008. Like there was nobody there when I was there in 08. 
And we were just marathoning Superman, but we had to wait like 30 minutes because every cycle they had to bring the mechanic out and fix it. I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. It was every single cycle. So that's, that, that, that's probably the most glaring thing was the breakdowns. And the other stuff is kind of understandable. I think every Six Flags Parks has the issues of like, uh, like employees not knowing what they're doing and stuff like that. Um, but I've never seen rides break down as much as they do at Six Flags America. All right. Well, that's a fair reason. Well, he also wanted you to explain why I-305 is not in your top 30. Okay. Uh, oh, boy. I-305 is not even in my top 50. Let me see. Let me see where I-305 ranks right now. Because it's actually pretty high. Like, it's, I, I actually enjoy I-305. I have it ranked right now at number 66. I got it right behind Comet at Hershey Park and right ahead of Ravine Flyer 2 at Waldemere. So it's a pretty good, solid spot for it. So have you been on I-305? I have not. Okay. Uh, do you know what people generally say is the best part of the ride? The first turn? Right. So when people ask you, what's the best part of this coaster? It's a turn. <laughs> and, and if it's not that turn, then it's the other turn at the, near the, near, before the, uh, the uh, trim breaks. It's like, I'm sorry, I can't be that psyched about a coaster that's best element is a turn. Like, give me a massive drop or like an ejector airtime hill or like a crazy inversion, but like a turn. Uh, I just can't get excited about that. So I, I didn't have that high expectation for it because I've seen the POVs. I'm just like, this thing does, just kind of looks like it goes fast and makes turns. And after I wrote it, I'm like, yep, that's pretty much what it is. So... I guess for what it is, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't consider it overrated because some people in the community they love they love intensity, and for me I don't mind intensity like I don't dislike it but it doesn't really get me going. So for me it just it's not my kind of ride. Like I like Fury three two five is my number three coaster. Like that ride's got speed, height, intensity, airtime laterals like it's got everything the timber 305 is like more of a one-trick pony so that's why i have it lower on my list all right he also mentioned something about when he was here on the show about being in a clip with a a, a slide that said 4d lover oh and yeah Oh yeah, expecting he's, a check. He's got another uh, cameo in my video coming out Thursday too. It's very similar. It actually has the same free spin lover uh, text on there. So um, the thing about that, and if Mike, I'm sure you're listening to this. So um, remember when you came out here, uh, I pretty much guided you around. And that came with a fee also. And so technically you owe me money. But since you've been a good sport and, you know, you've been in my videos and you made a cameo there and a cameo coming up, let's just call it even. We'll forget the whole thing happened. All right. There you go, Mike. We asked on your behalf. 
What's the worst coast you've ever been on? Uh, Green Lantern First Flight, uh, RIP, going to La Ronde. Uh, hopefully it'll be reborn and be a little bit better over there. But when it was over here at Magic Mountain, it was awful. All right. What park has the worst or what park has the best bathrooms? Um, I don't really pay attention to bathrooms that much. Uh, I guess Disney probably has the best ones. Disneyland. Uh, the worst one's probably Connie at Lake Park. Um, that was basically a hole in the ground. So, yeah, those are the two that kind of stick out. Like, oh, Disneyland's nice. Connie at Lake Park is a wow. <laughs> Uh, what's the worst media day or enthusiast event or opening day or coaster event that you've ever been to? Um, so I've never been to a, like a bad coaster event or any coaster event, really. Um, in terms of media day, I kind of talked about the American dream, how a lot, a lot of the stuff was closed, but then again, that was kind of an invite only thing. And they kind of they kind of knew that, that that was that was going to be the case. So I'm not going to knock them too much. I would say surprisingly, the worst one was probably Cedar Point, well, the day that that uh, Steel Vengeance opened. Um, like usually when I go to Cedar Point, they're like on it, like they have everything running great. All the coasters are open, the shops are open. They got two, three trains on everything. And on opening day 2018, that's the day that Steel Vengeance bumped into itself. And they had to shut down and just like all the rides were breaking down. Some didn't open till like near the end of the day. Like Valraven didn't open till 7 PM. A uh, top thrill dragster was open for like 10 minutes the entire day. A uh, wicked twister never opened. It was just, it was so crowded. It was so like, like half the food places were closed and they like, they were just not ready for opening day. And I went back two months later and they did a great job. Like it was back to how I'm used to seeing it, but it just goes back to my point. See, like if you go to opening day of anything, like you're not going to have the greatest experience. They just, it's it hardly ever happens. Right on. <clears throat> so what's uh, the best dragon wagon or kitty coaster you've been on? Oh, kitty coaster. Um, Probably, like, honestly, it's a Canyon Blaster at Magic Mountain. That thing's got some crazy airtime hills at the end that really, like, whip your neck back and forth. And it's, it's like, it doesn't seem like that's safe for kids, but it's there. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Right on. Um, have you ever asked a ride operator out? Uh, no. Never. <laughs> Fair enough. Always a 50-50 shot if you're talking to someone who's worked at a theme park. Um, right. Yeah, I, I probably would have if I worked in ops, but no. Well, if you dated someone working at a theme park and it came with benefits associated with whatever department they were working in, like... If they were in rides, you could cut the line, or if they were in maintenance, you could tour the shop. Right. What? Uh, I would I would go with maintenance, um, not for the shop, but mainly for like the ride walkthroughs, like lift hill pictures. Um, yeah, just kind of like being on the track. 
that'd be pretty sweet. Totally. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, well, you've worked in a theme park. What's the worst annoying, what's the most annoying experience you've had with a theme park employee? Um, for me, like I, I heard the one that Mike said where that person was like obsessed with stapling him. And that's never happened to me. Um, I mean, I've had employees staple me, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't obsessive and weird like that. Um, but I would just say like when the employee's not really paying attention to what you're saying and they keep getting your stuff wrong, I guess happened a few times. It happened at Worlds of Fun for me. And then just like a couple of days ago at Magic Mountain, sometimes you go up to the register and you're just like, oh boy, this is going to be tough. And uh, most of the time it is. So um, nothing like too specific. Um, but yeah, just, just sometimes you get the people who are just kind of out there and you kind of have to jump through hoops to get what you what you want. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. All right. So here's the good one. Do you have any Rob Alvey stories? <laughs> oh, you know, I've I've subbed and unsubbed to Theme Park Review a few times over the years, just because you know sometimes I do want to see his content, and like really, really less now than before. Because before it was kind of like I couldn't find some of that stuff anywhere else except for his channel or his Facebook page. But then sometimes I'd go into the comments and I would just see him say things that were just awful to people. And I'd just be like, I can't, like, I can't support this guy. And I remember, I might have been, I think it was a Facebook thing where someone called him an a-hole. And I just kind of, com- I just replied like, yep. And then next thing you know, I'm banned. I'm banned. I I got banned for saying yep. And I think I'm still banned. So I got banned for a yep. (laughs) Wow. Well, almost related. In your experience, what park has the most overweight guests? (laughs) That was a good segue. Um, I, I I, I haven't really noticed that it's been like this now, but when I first went to Holiday World in 2002, I think it was kind of more of a like a niche rural type thing. Um, I actually remember them being like a whole bunch of farmers there with like overalls but no shirts. <laughs> uh, like like recently when I go back, it seems like it's Holiday World's got a different feel than it did back then. Like it feels more like a regular theme park now. Like I know it does have the free drinks and everything, but it's a little less personable than it was back in 02. And it seemed like it was more of like a local hangout back then when they only had the, the Raven and the legend. And I just remember the uh, clientele <laughs> being a little uh, on the heavier side. So holiday world. Yeah. That's me being diplomatic. Holiday world sick circa. Oh, two. All right. Holiday world. Oh, two. Yeah. That was an experience. So here, here's some that hot takes for you. What is the most overrated roller coaster? Ooh, that's going to be another video. Uh, I haven't put it together yet, but it's just been something I've been kicking around. Uh, if I had to pick one, I would probably say Kumba at Busch Gardens Tampa. Because it's it's a B&M looper. Like, no one's going crazy over, you know, Bizarro or Dominator. And Kumba's kind of the same thing. It's a B&M looper. Seven inversions, Cobra roll, loop, zero G roll. 
like, why do people rank that in their top 10? I don't get it. I wrote a couple of times. I was like, that was nice. It was kind of like Riddler's Revenge at Magic Mountain, which I have ranked somewhere in like 150 or so on my list. So I don't see why people put that in their like top 25. It just, I don't get the hype for it. Oof. All right. Well, um, all right. Another controversial one. Topper track. Wood or hybrid? Uh, topper track is when you say when you say hybrid, that's like that would be like an like a steel coaster, right? Is that what you're saying? Kind of. Um. Or okay, so I guess the official opinion here to sum it down is: doesn't matter the supports. We're only talking about what the track is made up of. Okay. So, so by hybrid, you're saying it's really a steel coaster, kind of like Twisted no, Blossom. it's a hybrid because it has wood, thing. but. It it depends on yeah, both but, it, but it's considered a steel coaster. Like on the Golden Ticket Awards, you're talking you're you're putting that in the steel category. Well, if it, you're if you're saying that it's a hybrid, if I'm ranking them, yes. The okay, so but that's only talking about like Outlaw Run, Lightning Rod, Goliath. Right. I mean, if you look at the track, it doesn't look that much different than a GCI track. Like you have the wood stacked up and then you have a piece of metal on top of it. And, and honestly, um, RMC topper track woodies, they get rough just like all the other wooden coasters out there. So I don't see why people put that in a different category necessarily. Um, I mean, yeah, it can pull off some crazy maneuvers like outlaw run. Um, but I don't know. It just, it's not much. I mean, you have your wood stacked up and then you got your, your steel topper track on top. Like it's a wooden coaster, just like a GCI or a gravity group. Huh? All right. Well, my stance always boils down to when you compare it to any non topper track wooden coaster, traditionally, they just, the, the experience doesn't compare, you know? The experience doesn't compare, but just the way the track looks, like obviously the eye box is steel because, I mean, that, that whole track that you're on is a steel, you know, eye box track. But I'm just saying it, it just because it can pull off some crazy maneuvers doesn't mean that it's any different really than like a GCI. Um, and, and the fact that I think everyone was kind of so impressed that how smooth Goliath was and how smooth Lightning Rod was. Like I'm telling you right now, I rode Outlaw Run and Lightning Rod within the last year, and they're getting kind of rough. So, I think they're basically kind of going along the same route as any other wooden coaster would. Smooth for a few years, gets a little rough. They have to start, you know, taking care of it like a wooden coaster. All right, fair enough. Um, so, do you have any buffet horror stories? Um, it's interesting that you even have this in here. Like, do you have any buffet horror stories? Like, do you see like kids putting their snotty hands in there or something? Um, no, but a couple, uh, ACE events I've been to have had some buffet horror stories. That's interesting. No, I, I really don't like, I don't go to buffets that often, but when I have, uh, the food looks nice. And uh, as far as I know, there's been no dirty hands rooting around in them. So 
uh, hopefully never will have any horror stories. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. Knock on wood. Here's a, here's a weird either or cotton candy or ice cream. Oh, ice cream. Like I love ice cream. I love, I have a freezer full of ice cream. I always love to get soft serve at parks. Um, cotton candies is kind of disgusting. So yeah, definitely ice cream. For sure. For sure. And, uh, which mouse do you prefer, Dead or Mickey? Uh, are you referring to the band, or I'm not even yeah, sure what that DJ, is. Yeah, the DJ, Dead Mouse. Oh, the DJ. Yeah, you, get, you can tell how little I know about. I just know that the mouse has like a five at the end. That's that's pretty much my extent of knowing yeah. of what it is. And uh, I'm not really a big fan of Disney either. So. um I guess I'll say uh, neither, <laughs> uh, but if I had to pick one, probably Mickey. Okay, all right, all right. That's fair. And real quick, Ben wanted me to ask on his behalf, if you had to marathon, um, oh, shit. What did you say the worst coaster you've been on is? Oh. Green Lantern. Oh, I'd God, that's what most of our guests have said. Um. <laughs> Would you rather have it be modified with Intamin uh, T-bar restraints, the modified ones, or the original Skyrush restraints? Orig- did you say original Skyrush restraints? Or yeah. just Skyrush restraints? Okay. Well, whichever Skyrush uh, you've been Green on. Green Lantern? <laughs> yeah, if you had a marathon Green Lantern. Um which restraints would you prefer? Ooh, I guess the T bar. I don't know how that would work with a with a uh, Zach spin, but um, I'd rather jump off the top of the ride than ride it with Skyrush's restraints. So I guess I'll take my chances with the with the T bar. <laughs> All right. So for our final segment here, uh, we pay tribute to a dead ride since you're our guest. It's your call. What ride are we paying tribute to this week, Chris? Okay, so uh, I thought of two. Uh, one, I think the one I'm going to go with is the original Colossus, the Magic Mountain, because that was low-key my favorite ride back in like 2000, 2001. Um, I, would, I said it was Goliath because I wanted to seem cool, but um, Colossus was really like the most fun coaster at the park. It was the one that I enjoyed riding the most. So um, I kind of miss it because that was it was just like a pure fun coaster. Um, so RIP class has been about five years since it closed. And uh, the other one is one that I've ridden in two different places. That's Firehawk, Kings Island. And um, I originally rode this as X-Flight when it was Six Flags Worlds of Adventure back at Jaga Lake. And um, that was like one of the coolest rides I'd ever ridden at the time was X-Flight. So that was just kind of like a great memory I had. And then it was cool to write it again at Kings Island. And I wrote it in its last season in 2018. So uh, just shout out to Firehawk. That one is scrapped. I don't think it's getting relocated anywhere. I think they kind of took it apart really sloppy. So I think it's dead. Yeah. Well, Colossus was awesome. Did you ride it before it got reprofiled? 
No. I think that happened back in the like 1979 or something like that. So I'm not that old. Oh, the first time I wrote it was in was in like, 2000. Wait, it was that early on that they got rid of that double down. Oh, oh damn. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I I'd have to do some research on that, but yeah, I never wrote it when it had the double down. I mean, I enjoyed that ride when I went on it. I can't remember. Have you seen uh, Vacation? Yeah. The movie with Chevy Chase? I can't remember on that movie if they had to double down. That was that was probably filmed I'm in like 82. I'm pretty sure it does, but I, I... Say. So if that's the case, then they, they, the double down lasted longer than I thought. But I thought that, it, that they took it out after the lady died on it. Um, but I thought that was early on, like within the first year or so it was open. I thought it was like maybe late 80s, early 90s, but I have no idea. Yeah, something to look up because I'd be curious about that. I, I, but um, there's no way. I, I, I didn't start writing coasters like seriously until 2000. And by then it was gone. As per your other pick, I definitely rode X-Flight at Chiaga Lake. I never got on it That's at sweet. Kings Island, but... Yeah, it was dope at Geauga Lake with that green. Oh man, yeah. yeah, that green and black. Oh yeah, and it and it was a novelty back then too. It was I'd never ridden a flying coaster before of any kind. So and you'd see it from that the was parking pretty, lot. That was something else. Yeah, yeah. On my channel, I have a video of like my 2002 trip, and um, I have video of me pulling into the. Jog, uh, the Worlds of Adventure parking lot. You can see all the coasters as they were back then. It was it's kind of a trip, especially since most of those rides got relocated. Some of them are gone forever. Yeah, but yeah, it's really a shame because Ohio could have been really like stacked with those three parks. It was for a minute there. Yeah, it was. Especially, uh, well, I shouldn't say that because. Back when Six Flags was putting all that stuff into the park, uh, Kings Island kind of sucked. Like Kings Island was when, when it was under Paramount was not that good. Cedar Fair has really taken it to the next. Oh level. yeah, no, the coaster selection there wasn't good, but there was quantity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was quantity. Uh, I remember the first time I went there, it gave me a huge headache. It was just. The Beast, the Son of Beast, the um, Vertigo, the Bat, Vortex. It was, well, back then the Bat was called Top Gun. Um, but yeah, it just it seems like so many of the rides there were just so rough. And the best ride I thought was Top Gun, which is now the Bat. Um, I like that better than the Beast. I like that better than Son of Beast. And just now they put Banshee and Diamondback, Mystic Timbers, and they just, Orion. It's just, man, they just built that park up so so nice. It's my second favorite park in the whole country behind uh, Cedar Point. Oh, wow, man. Right on. Yeah. Well, uh, we're talking about dead rides. We have a a bit of a contest going on that's very similar to a video that you posted recently. Yeah. There are only two and a half weeks left. Yeah, that's the video that, that, Queen, that Queen filed their copyright claim on. So Oof. thank you, Queen. But yeah, it's still out there. It's doing pretty well. Well, there's only two and a half weeks left 
left for our listeners to get their entries in for the hashtag Coaster Death Pool 2020. Send us your top five picks for your coasters you think will be removed and or closed in 2020. I uh, don't want to put you on the spot for five, but what what do you got? So it's funny because I had 20 coasters on that list, um, but I didn't really feel that many of them were in like immediate danger of getting removed like within the next year or two. Um, but if I had to pick, I would say Goliath at New England definitely seems to be a popular pick because that thing is never open and it seems like they might be just about fed up with it. Uh, and the other one is American Eagle at your home oh, park. Oh, no. Um, just because I think, the, I think the clock is ticking on that thing, and they need to make a decision whether they want to replace the trains or get rid of it or RMC it. So I think that that's gonna, that ball is going to drop either this year or the year after. So uh, I think American Eagle has a pretty decent chance of uh, 2020 or maybe 2021 being its last year. Oh, no, man. <laughs> All right. Well, we got your picks in. That's my, that's what I'm calling. Yeah. I know I had, I had Anaconda as the number, the number one coaster on that list, but given Kings Island has been taking out, you know, a bunch of rides lately, I can't imagine they'd be eager to take that out, especially since they don't need to, to add something new. Yeah. Well, we shall see. We got high odds on that one. We also got uh, our eye closely watching the Adventure Dome. Oh, really? It got the sold to the guy that owns Treasure Island. Oh, they might. So they're thinking they Could might close be. the whole Who thing. Who knows then? if it's not profitable? Okay, that's interesting. So, I might, I might head over to the Adventure Dome on New Year's Day. So. Uh, if I do, I'll definitely be getting my rides definitely in. Definitely get some good footage and stuff. Yep. So definitely. thanks a bunch for joining us here, Chris. Um, yeah, sure. It was fun. Quick give a plug for your channel and your Insta and anything else. Um, Airtime Thrills on YouTube. I try my, my best to post videos on Mondays and Thursdays. I've been pretty good at doing that i know last week i had four videos which is kind of strange but yeah mondays and thursdays that's my usual schedule and then instagram airtime thrills uh i post one of my photos on there every day so that's pretty much it so if you guys want to follow that go ahead more than welcome awesome well uh like and subscribe and comment on whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Email us, you know, Gmail. Leave us a voicemail on our new line, 312-572-9552. Thanks for listening, and until next week, your, your favorite, 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 fav